Hey everybody, Brian McClanahan here. The woke madness in history education is off the rails. Well, how do we change it? McClanahanAcademy.com. And because you listen to this podcast, if you use the coupon code PODCAST at checkout, you get 25% off every day, all day, 365 days a year on every class at McClanahanAcademy.com. So go to McClanahanAcademy.com, use coupon code PODCAST at checkout, and get a real history education at 25% off. The cancel culture warriors have finally decided bird names have to go. I'll talk about that on this episode of The Brian McClanahan Show. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to The Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to The Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to be back on the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, like my Facebook page, and subscribe to my YouTube page where you can watch this podcast. Find all those social media accounts on my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. This is B-R-I-O-N, mcclanahan.com. While you're there, give me that email address. I'll give you a free ebook, Forgotten Founders, free audiobook of the same title, read by yours truly. You can support the show by going to mcclanahanacademy.com. I've got a new class out. It's November. How the Supreme Court Screwed Up America. It's an awesome class. It's one of my favorites that I've ever done, by the way. It's, it's, it was so much fun to put together. And right now I've got an inflation-busting price on it at $99. Now, to get that price, you have to be on the email list. Okay, So it's only good for a week in November of 2023, that inflation-busting price. So you got to get over, get on the email list, and hop on board and get that deal I've also opened up two live classes that'll start in January. So it's, you know, we're registering for the next semester, right? So you can go on out. You can sign up for either one of those live classes right now. And again, if you're on the email list, you've got the coupon code for those too. So you get a nice $200 off coupon for those classes. They're a lot of fun. Uh, you, If you get involved in those, there's a community already established of McClanahan Academy people that students that go out and, and take part in these live classes you could be part of that too which is a lot of fun and of course you can also support the show by going to brianmcclanahan.com click on the support tab go to youtube click on the heart button the super thanks button or go to spotify for podcasters you can enroll or subscribe there uh, throw a few pennies my way click on the shop tab get my logo and all kinds of cool stuff christmas is coming you can certainly uh, help make that mcclanahan show um fan in your life happy at Christmas by getting them something with my logo on it or buy one of my books. But as always, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast so people know you love it. Share it around on social media. Give that five-star review. Leave a text review wherever you can and comment on YouTube for the algorithm and send me those show requests. I do want to see what you want to hear. All right. Well, back in August of 2020, I did a show, episode 342, which is not one of my most watched shows. But I want to to point it out because I was already talking about this issue over three years ago. And that is the canceling of bird names. Now, why would I be interested in that three years ago? There were a couple articles about this. But I pointed it out then because of a statement I've made many times over. And I started making this statement back in 2015 when we first started talking about cancel culture and what people were coming for. I said, look, it's not going to stop at Confederate symbols, Confederate monuments. That's the low-hanging fruit. 
It really is the low-hanging fruit. Those things were going to get removed. Those things are going to get torn down. Now, we can try to stop some of it. And I mean, look, God bless the people that go out there and really work hard to try to do it because it needs to be done. And there have been some small victories. And maybe the Arlington Monument, I'm, I'm still a little bit pessimistic that it's going to be the, the removal of that monument is going to be stopped. But um, I, I, there is a, a glimmer of hope that maybe that happens. But this has been a long, ongoing process. And these people never get tired. I mean, they really never do. They keep going and they keep going. And until they get what they want, they never give up. Whereas our side will stop. We'll just say, all right, look, we've, we've gotten tired, we've done enough, and that's it. The progressives never give up. In fact, you know, you look at the history of progressivism, it was theoretically dead in the 1880s. It had been de dealt severe blows in elections, uh, several Supreme Court cases. People thought it was dead, but it wasn't. It wasn't dead. Teddy Roosevelt becomes president, it's given new life, and then, of course, it takes over America. That's the point. You give these people an inch, they take a mile. This is why no shut up needs to be the response of these people. And you know what? Back in the 19, early 1990s, there was a columnist named Tom Landis who wrote for a Southern Partisan magazine, among other places, but he wrote all over the place. Um, but this is a column I read in Southern Partisan. And Landis described these people perfectly. They're petulant children. They're toddlers. A toddler throws a fit. A toddler throws toys, a toddler screams, a toddler cries because they don't get what they want, their feelings are hurt, and the poor parent will give in to it. The poor parent will say, here, here's the toy back, or here, I'll just do what you want, just stop crying. That's the poor parent. The effective parent will not give in, and that toddler will learn that they don't get their way, even if they scream and cry and throw fit and everything else. So what we have now in America or little petulant children running around saying things like bird names are racist, which <laughs> it just defies logic in and of itself. A bird name, unless it included a racial epithet in the bird name, the bird name cannot be racist. And birds themselves cannot be racist. So this is a stupid argument, to say the least. Bird names are racist. It hurts my feelings, and so therefore we have to change it. Regardless of the fact, these bird names have been established for decades. The problem is you have people, and even this article I'm going to read at the Washington Post points this out, who would have been against this, but they are persuaded by these petulant children because they're well-meaning people that somehow this is a justifiable thing to do with our time and money. Now, there's no government money going to this. It's the American Ornithological Society, if I can speak this morning. The American Ornithological Society. So, I mean, it runs on donations, but I'll tell you what. Uh, if people don't like it, they can just stop donating to that organization, and maybe they won't have enough money. Because they're banking on doing this and seeing their donations grow exponentially. What generally these organizations do, nonprofit organizations, when they capitulate, their donations go down and people stop giving to them. Now, you might be able to tap into some government grants or some other things with this, and maybe you'll see some success. But people are getting tired of this stuff. And I think at some point, as I said on social media, it's always darkest before the dawn. I really do think that the tide is going to turn against these people. 
they're going to overplay their hand. It was just like with the Lee Monument being melted down. I didn't, I didn't talk about this, that this week. But the Lee Monument being melted down in Charlottesville, which is against the law, by the way. Um, but not just that. Uh, I think that, that the publicity around it, they overplayed their hand a little bit. And I don't think that it's going to go well in the future for people to believe that these things are just going to be put aside and nothing's going to happen to them. They're going to be given to somewhere to put up uh, and still be respected as works of art. It's not going to happen. These things are going to be destroyed if the left gets their way. Why? Because it's an execution. That's the whole point. These people are vindictive. So... When you look at bird names, I mean, this seems mild, but it's really not. It's not a mild thing. This is, this is upsetting over a hundred years of established, documented bird names. Where do we go next? Do we go to renaming stars? Do we go to renaming constellations? How about planets? We can't have the planets named for what they are because those are names from Roman gods, and of course, that would be discriminatory. Should we rename the planets? Should we rename everything? I mean, this is where we're getting to. This is what these people really want. Remember, these people are year zero advocates. They're not just simply trimming around the edges. They want to completely restructure society to give themselves power. That's the point. It was the point in the French Revolution, the Committee of Public Safety. They wanted to rename society. Everything in society. You take down the old regime. You get rid of religion. You make it a 10-day week instead of a 7-day week. You rename all the months. You start at year zero. This is the whole point. You have a situation where you have to remake society from the ground up. The Khmer Rouge did it. In Cambodia, they renamed everything. Year zero. You see, the Soviets did it. The Soviets were rewriting history. This is the whole point of 1984. People think 1984 is about the Nazis. It's not. It's about Joseph Stalin and the Soviets. George Orwell was a socialist, and he didn't like the fact that the communists were giving socialism a bad name. Well, justifiably so, because communism is just, the, as Marx described it, the full extension of socialism, right? So this was bound to happen. And all of these things that are going on right now are a clear example of that. We're, we're going down that path of year zero. Remember, people have been called deplorables. People have been called all kinds of names that disagree with this stuff. Because you're just, you're, I mean, how dare you? And they're going to use emotional logic, which really isn't a logic, or emotional language, to try to persuade you that what you're doing is wrong, what you're saying is wrong. Because emotion works better than reason or logic. It always has. It always will. You want to connect with people, you connect with them emotionally. That's how you get people on your side. And that's what these people are doing. They're playing on emotions. They know what they're doing. They're not... I mean, what they're doing is stupid, but they're not stupid in their tactics. So again, go back to Tom Landis. Petulant children throwing a fit. Just tell them, no, shut up. But the bad parent will give them the toy back. The bad parent will tell them, no, stop screaming, stop screaming. And they won't get them to stop by... Uh, you know, ignoring what they're doing. Eventually, they'll stop. Eventually, they would have to stop if nobody pays attention to them. 
But you see when they work, when they worm their way in, now they've gotten into the American Ornithological Society, so they're on the board and other things. So they're going to listen. But then you've got well-meaning people. We're going to form a committee, and we're going to have a couple of people on there that might disagree with us, but what are they going to do? One or two? They're going to get bulldozed by those on the committee. They're going to get shamed for not going along with it. That's the whole point. You make these people feel bad. And then feel, right? And then they're going to go along with you. So let's get into this article. Is that the Washington Post? Again, I was talking about this back in August. August of 2020. Episode 342. So, uh, what, 500 episodes ago? 550 episodes ago. This is something that I talked about. That's why you should listen to the Brian McClanahan Show. You'd already known about this if you have been listening since 2020. I already talked about this issue. But this is in the Washington Post, and it's written by the race hustler Daryl Fears, because that's what he is. And the last name is actually fitting. And just the language itself, right? Um, uh, the language itself is emotional. Even the picture. So this is, um, this is the, a, a caption out of the picture on the page. An Audubon Shearwater, named for John James Audubon, one of America's most famous birders and an enslaver, right? So just use, it's he wasn't a slave holder or a slave, he's an enslaver. He physically goes out, grabs somebody, and enslaves them. Now, uh, I mean, that language is emotionally charged. It's done on purpose. It's a, it's a language of condemnation. Now, Again, 2023, nobody's going to say slavery was a good institution. That's not the point. But when you use language like this, it's purposely insightful. And not insightful as, you know, that's really an interesting look at something. It's insightful like inciting violence or inciting a type of emotional response. So Fear says, after two years of discussion and debate, the nation's premier birding organization has decided that birds should not have human names. So they're going to have bird names. Yeah, that's going to be, I mean, look, um, of course, um, calling them bird names is, uh, I mean, that's going to solve it all. Uh, for example, why is a, I mean, we have the cardinal, right? We have a cardinal. Why is it called a cardinal? Did they call it a cardinal back in the Middle Ages? I don't know. Did they even have cardinals? They don't have northern cardinals in Europe. So why are they called cardinals? Well, they're called cardinals because of the red that the, <laughs> that the Catholic Church has in their cardinals. So they're called that. Well, that could be seen as a problem. You, get, you go down deep enough in this. And you're going to have a problem. The American Ornithological Society announced Wednesday that it will remove names given to North American birds in honor of people and replace them with monikers that better describe their plumage and other characteristics. The group said it will prioritize birds whose names trace to enslavers, white supremacists, and robbers of indigenous graves. Among them was one of the most famous birders in U.S. history, John James Audubon. Well, look... He's not just the most famous birder in U.S. history. One of the most. He's not, he's, he is the most. The Audubon Society is the most famous 
birder organization in the world. Why? Because of Autobahn's plates that he painted that were a hit in Europe and people love this stuff. So by removing Autobahn from it actually removes what you consider to be the founder of birding in the world. The founder of it in the 19th century. Now what we're doing here essentially, look at, at what's going on and people, you know, naming birds after people at the time and other things. Well, this was part of the scientific exploration. We had the scientific revolution. And then of course you had people in the 19th century capitalize on that and expand it. And so you had a lot of people making discoveries and naming things after people, the people that, that, that discovered it. This was just something to happen. And these people are going to have 19th century views. So what we're doing now is saying that, well, these people, because they had views that we don't respect here in the, 20, the 21st century, 200 years later, we have to change it all. Well, what happens in 200 years from now when people come along and say, well, I don't respect, uh, I don't respect uh, uh, Daryl Fears because he's a dope and we're going to name something else? Would, I mean, would Daryl Fears want that to happen? Well, Daryl Fears was an idiot. So we're going to change something else. Because Daryl fears, fears like this, so we're going to change it to something else. Now listen to the logic here. It's not really logic at all. There's power in a name. Yeah, because every time somebody goes out and says, you know, that's such and such bird, they're thinking to themselves, golly, I can't believe they named it after that. Most people just say, hey, that's that bird, because that's what I've been taught the bird name is. And they won't even care where it came from. That's probably 99.9999999% of people that follow birds. And look, I've been doing that since I was a teenager. So this is a ridiculous argument. It doesn't even make any sense. There's power in a name. And some English bird names have associations with the past that continue to be exclusionary and harmful today. How is it harming anybody? How is that bird name harming a single individual? That's a question they can't answer. Show me the harm. Show me where the bird name hurts you. Show me where it caused irreparable harm in your life to know that bird name out there. This is so Yankee, it's not even funny. It is the most Yankee thing to do. Uh, where you somewhere somebody is having fun doing something that you don't like. And somewhere there's a bird named after somebody you don't like, so you gotta change it. I told you it wouldn't stop at Confederate monuments. It'll never stop at Confederate monuments. It'll never stop at, I mean, it's the, the idea is to take down everything traditional, year zero. That's what they're going for. We need a much more inclusive and engaging scientific process that focuses attention on the unique features and beauty of the birds themselves. Well, looking at a bird and calling it a name doesn't detract from the features and the beauty of the bird. At all. I mean, you just call it that. Oh, wow, that's a neat. That's, that's a neat name. Whatever. Who cares? Who cares? Is the response of probably most Americans. So what? Who cares? But not to the not to the ornithological society who has got people throwing a fit. Sometime next year, the society is expected to appoint a committee to explore up to 80 new names. What I mean, so the committee is not going to include people who would disagree with this at all. They've already decided. So the committee will come up with the 80 new names. 
Instead of having people on the committee who would tell them to no, shut up. We're not going to change any names. But again, what you can do is not is not contribute to the American Ornithological Society anymore. It's a, it's a hard word to say early in the morning. The move at an organization known for its reluctance to rename birds was surprising even to the activists within the group who requested it after a white woman in Central Park falsely accused a black birder of assault in 2020. You see, it had nothing to do with bird names. It had to do with the fact that a Karen got very upset with somebody. In a racial reckoning that shook the field of ornithology, the activists, most of them white, argued that the name of some birds were offensive to a people of color. You see, did... Did the activists consult a whole lot of people? No, they just, this again, the most Yankee move. And, and, I mean, you can't find a more Yankee move than this. This is paternalism reversed. Well, we think it might hurt people, so we're going to do it. Did, did you actually, now, I know there are some people that got on board with it. Why? Because it gives them power. Oh, yeah, yeah, I agree with this. This is going to be, I mean, we're, we're, gonna, we're going to upset the whole history of American bird names. Because a bunch of activists, it's a good word for it, I mean, it's, it's a, exclusively a good word for it, have decided that these bird names need to change. But again, this is not because of any logical reason to change the names, that they don't, they don't uh, you know, fit anymore. No, no, no. This is about George Floyd and a birder who was falsely accused of something that had nothing to do with the bird names because I'm sure that the Karen that, is, that accused the guy um, was not did, didn't know the first thing about birds. Didn't know the first thing about it. We've seen a lot of changes in our world in the recent past. Sarah Morris, the society's president-elect, said in a reference to racial justice protests that followed George Floyd's murder by a Minneapolis police officer in the Central Park incident involving birder Christian Cooper. Now, the George Floyd situation is interesting because now there's some evidence that's come out that maybe points in a different direction. You see, that's really interesting. So is that case, if, if the case is overturned, I mean, look, I'm, it's allegedly turns it in a different direction. I don't know. But if the case is overturned, would, would Fears come back and retract what he just said there? Would Daryl Fears retract that statement? Because that could be Slander. Would he do it? They'd be liable. Racial insensitivity in the overwhelmingly white field of ornithology and birding should be rejected. Who's saying it's there? I mean, so racial insensitivity. So are these people saying, hey, look, uh, we don't want anybody that's white involved in bird watching? Nobody ever says that. In fact, anybody that's ever done this has said, hey, yeah, that's cool. You like watching birds? I do too. Let's, let's watch some birds together. Nobody ever does this. But somehow it's racially insensitive to have bird names. The two things don't, don't comport. Recent reports projected that North America has lost 3 billion birds in the last 50 years. And we need to engage as many people as we can in the enjoyment, study, and conservation of the birds as we can. We need to break down as many barriers to participation as we can. Well, who said it's, it's prohibiting people from participating? Most people wouldn't even know what these birds are called, where the name comes from. Who cares? This is so stupid. You can't even... I mean, look, it's the, it's, it's, it would be laughable 
if it wasn't so sad. But I pointed this out three years ago. This is what they were going in three years ago. And of course, they've got a picture of a diverse group of people looking at birds in, uh, in Baltimore. Does anybody think that that's... I mean, white bird watchers would not like that picture or something? This is just so stupid. Not every birder in the 2,700 member society is expected to welcome the news. Hopefully about half of those people just say we're no longer going to be part of this 2,700 member society. I know it won't happen. Some who've memorized names established more than a century are likely to push back. Are we expecting that people won't agree with the decision? Sure, Morris said. But we're proud of this decision. As we talk to people, many of them changed their minds. That's because they're weak-minded people. They just said, no, shut up, be quiet. If you want to be president, don't do this or we're going to vote you out. That's really what should happen. This person should get removed and this whole thing should be scrapped. That could happen. The society could say, no, we're scrapping this whole thing. And then this person could be ousted and the whole thing could die. Because that's really what should happen. Jordan Rudder, a birder who organized a petition with her fiancé, Gabriel Foley, said the society's actions left her speechless. That's everything we asked, said Rudder, who co-founded the group Bird Names for Birds, which listed about a dozen men honored with bird names and described their racist past. I never thought this would be happening. What an incredible moment for the birding community. Oh my gosh. My carroting actually worked out. I never thought they would do it. Well, because they shouldn't. They should have just told you, no, shut up. For the time being, birders of color who spot the Townsend's Warbler and the Townsend Solitaire might be startled by the history of their namesake, John Kirk Townsend. His journals described his collection of skulls stolen from the graves of native people in the 1800s to promote his theory that they are racially inferior. Now again, we can look at that and say, well, that's pretty, I mean, that guy shouldn't have done that. But look, this is what people did in the 19th century. If you go, there's a, there's a Indian heritage site in Georgia called the Kalamoki Mounds. And there's a museum there. And if you go to that museum, the museum, there's a glass wall. It's cut into a burial mound straight across. Right? This museum was not built in the 1800s. It was built in the 1900s. It was built in the 20th century. But it's cut into the burial mound because people didn't care. So is that site now racist because the people that built it did that? This is what people did. They did. They conducted uh, look scientific experiments, archaeological digs, other things that we would consider today to be well a little bit unethical. They did this kind of stuff. They did it all over the world. Uh, so to say that somehow when people would say you know Townsend's uh, solitaire or Townsend's wobbler. Um, who cares? Most people aren't going to care. What are they going to call it? There, there, if you've never seen a Townsend's Wobbler, it's a, you know, it's a black and yellow bird. There's a picture of it on, uh, on the Washington Post article. So what are they going to call it? The black and yellow warbler? Well, they can't really do that because there's other warblers that have similar color structure. So what are they going to call it? You see? In North America, where indigenous tribes in what are now the United States and Canada encountered and named the wild bird century before the arrival of European settlers, white people are credited for discovering the birds. White people are the ones who named the birds after other white people. 
And white people are still the folks that are perpetuating these names, Rudder said in a 2021 interview with the Washington Post. Well, do we know what the indigenous tribes called those birds? And um, is that, well, that would be exclusive, right? I mean, if we just went with their names, well, why are their names paramount to any names that came after? So how do we know what they called them? They could have just called it bird. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. Most of those languages uh, are, are difficult. Some of them have been you know, almost lost. So, I mean, how do we know what these things were called? At least two chapters of the National Audubon Society voted to change their names and distance themselves from the enslaver who detested abolitionists and, by his own account, once guided a family of escapees back to their enslaver. The Audubon Shearwater and Audubon's Oreo were named to honor him. He I mean, look, he thought that abolitionists were rabble-rousers. Which a lot of people thought that in the 19th century. Because they were disruptive. And so people that were interested in order were not necessarily in favor of the abolitionists. You found this all over the United States, north and south. And Audubon was a teacher. Right? He spent a lot of time in the woods in the south. So, I mean, it, this is... <laughs> this is... Um, just ridiculous. To take away the man that made birding what it is, to take away his name because of what he thought in the 19th century, which was commonplace for his time. Now, look, the rest of the article is just kind of silly. Um, I do want to go down to one, to one part of this. Erica Knoll, co-chair of the Society's Ad Hoc Committee on English Bird Names, said members took the issue seriously from the day the committee was formed more than a year ago, meaning every two weeks via Zoom, they came up with a priority list of names to consider changing. At first, the diverse white, black, and Latino members failed to arrive at a consensus. In addition to North American birds, they mulled changing the names of South American birds, but eventually decided that it was not their place. Well, how about the whole thing is not really your place? Well, we can't change the names of South American birds because, you know, well, why don't we just, look, you're being a bunch of Yankees. What you should do is just say, we're going to change the names of every bird in the world. They're all going to get renamed because we can do that because that's the Yankee thing to do. I don't know why they stopped. Just go on, change them all. And then all the other places in the world can decide if they're going to keep your stuff or not. If they're going to, if they're going to involve themselves in your kind of imperialism. But that's what you really should do. If you want to be true to your roots, that's what you should do. Months later, the members came to the realization that all eponymous names were problematic. Problematic. This is the academic speak. Problematic. This is problematic. It's disturbing. Disturbing. Problematic. They imply possession of a species, Noel said. Really? Um, not really. <laughs> it's just a name. They are overwhelmingly from a particular time and social fabric. They are almost all white men. Few women and women were almost all first names. Our main goal was to increase the bird-watching public. Well, how is that going to work? These things, it's, it's a non-sequitur. So they have this, so our main goal is to increase the bird-watching public. Well, is there, have, have they gone out and asked bird-watchers if the names of birds kept them from, from getting involved? Or maybe people don't want to watch birds because they find it boring, or they don't really understand it. But I highly doubt that the name 
is why people weren't watching birds. This is a non-sequitur. It's illogical. This is all emotional and is based on absolutely no data or evidence. It's ridiculously stupid. Both Morris and Judith Scharl, the chief executive, Scarl, the chief executive and executive director, agree with Knowles' observation that the society's leadership looked at them as though they were crazy. There were hard questions about how we would justify this, Knowles said. Well, they should have just said no. This is a historic momentous decision, said Scarl. This is this is the way to go. We are not we're going to work hard to bring people along to that understanding. Well, again, uh, for most Americans, they would look at this and say, You're a bunch of nuts. This is this is just too far. You're going too far. And I really hope, and I sincerely mean this, that this ornithological society loses most of their funding from, from private support. I wouldn't give them another, I wouldn't give them a dollar anymore. Audubon Society, if they're going to change the name, don't give them a dollar. Don't do anything for them. Or, if you want to be more proactive, give them money and then try to oust the president and try to stop this stuff. And there's two ways to do it. You can just withdraw and say, I'm just not going to do it. Or, you can get involved and you can work to get rid of all these people. That would be kind of the John Randolph technique. You know, get involved and get them gone. And then there's Ken Kaufman. Ken Kaufman, a society member, started birding at age six. I was a little kid in South Bend, Indiana. Got interested in birds because they were there and they were fascinating. He said, some of these birds' names I've been using for half a century. Overall, Kaufman said, I thought it was a mess to go in and change all these names. But he started talking with people such as Rudder and Drew Lanham, a black ornithologist and professor at Clemson University in South Carolina. As the conversation went on, I realized they were changing my mind. It's amazing how more, more information can do that, he said. I'm sure there are going to be objections, Kaufman said. I'm sure the term woke will be used. Well, yes, because it is. I still don't know what that means. Well, because obviously Kaufman is easy to change his mind. I just hope they can come around to see that from the view of groups of people who may have been marginalized in the past. Um... I mean, this is this is this, this piece has three thousand comments. By the way, it's been picked up all over the place. It's the most ridiculous thing you've ever heard in your life. And again, maybe the society at twenty seven hundred members, if more people got in, just said, "Okay, here we're going to do. We're going to pay in, and then we're going to vote these idiots out, and we're going to keep the bird names." Would be the best thing to do. There's not that many people. You could really swing the direction, but you'd have to be willing to do it. So. Uh, I told you about this in 2020. This was something that was happening all the way back then. And I said, watch out, because this is what's going to happen. It was also NASA. There's some other things. Go back and listen to episode 342. You can get it on Spotify for podcasters. You can get it on uh, Apple Podcasts. You can get it anywhere on the podcast. You can also get it on YouTube. But go back and listen to that. I was on the cutting edge back then. And look what's happened three years later. See you next time on The Brian McClanahan Show. See you then.